Anyway, welcome, ladies, germs, and people of all genders to Ah Real Films, a podcast hosted by two siblings where normally we discuss a different theme each episode, but today we are bringing you one of our patented mini-reviews. Thank you, Taylor. (laughs) Mini-reviews of a film that is newly out in theaters. Wait. What? What's that you say? There's no uh, movies in theaters right now? Correct. So our home theaters for these purposes. Right, Taylor? Why do I think that you were practicing that all day? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I don't need to practice how to be dumbfounded, stupefied. Uh, That is pretty much my entire life. Um, Today, folks, we are covering um, the recent release uh, film, The Vast of Night. Directed by Andrew Patterson, the debut film by Andrew Patterson, and starring Sierra McCormick and Jake Horowitz as the two leads in our film. And um, a little bit of background on this film. This film has kind of exploded onto the scene a little bit. Um, I had Apparently this film had premiered last year at the Slam Dance Film Festival, which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which occurs at the same time as the Sundance Film Festival, Taylor. Um, and I heard some good buzz from our friend uh, Wolfman Josh over at Horror Movie Podcast about this film. Good friend. But, yeah. Good friend. Yes. Close companion, uh, <laughs> confidant. Uh, we cry on the phone every night <laughs> with one another. But um, this film has been getting a lot of buzz since its release um, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, last last month or maybe April. I, I can't remember when this film released because uh, I did not come prepared today. Um, <laughs> this film has a uh, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it does have a 63% audience score, however. And it was number one, uh, the number one most reviewed film on Letterboxd last week. This week, it's number three behind 13th, uh, which is apropos. And then the newly released film, Shirley, about mm. Shirley Jackson. So I want to watch um, that as well. But anyway, the way we typically do these mini-reviews is we list three things. Uh, try and keep it succinct so you can get an idea of whether or not you want to watch, uh, buy, or rent, or... What is? What do they say in horror stop, movie? Yeah, pod- stop trying to copy okay. horror <laughs> Buy, rent, or avoid. Avoid yeah. this movie. Uh, <laughs> you can only rent or avoid this movie, uh, actually, <laughs> at this point. So uh, you can't even go into the theaters to see it. Um, it is streaming free on Amazon, uh, by the way. But um, Taylor, um, do you want to get started on your three things? Uh, do you think we should maybe d- discuss the plot of this movie a little bit first? Though? Yeah, why don't you give a basic plot, or, or I can. I'll give it. I'll give a basic plot. Yeah. So basically, this film I would say is most akin to something like a Twilight Zone episode. The premise is is we have um, our two main characters, uh, two two little punk teenagers um Faye is an uh, a phone operator and radio dj everett uh not his real name uh but well i've actually yes. strike that his name is everett yeah. but i forget what his dj name is uh they live in uh, a town called cayuga mexico new mexico and Faye helps uh, everett every night with the collins to the radio show he's hosting a radio show while there's a big basketball game high school basketball game going on in the town and at um a certain point he uh begins hearing 
the, well, first Faye hears uh, strange sounds on the switchboard, and uh, Everett sends the sound out on his radio uh, station and uh, solicits calls for, you know, what the hell is this sound? Does anybody have any information? He gets the first call from a caller, Billy, uh, explaining a very bizarre situation where he had heard this sound before, and that's kind of where uh, the movie, that's kind of the movie's premise. Um, like I said, this is kind of like a Twilight Zone-style movie um twilight zone episode but a movie uh, it's also very reminiscent of old um radio plays think uh, orson wells in war of the worlds taylor um so with all that uh background taylor <laughs> i keep saying your name taylor that's yeah, like so aggressive i just realized we didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning either that's fine uh <laughs> you're re- we're really rusty on these patented spoiler free reviews yeah, well, it happens sometimes. Taylor, do you want to get started with your first of three things? Yes. Um, so my first thing is something I saw reflected in a lot of the reviews I read of this film, but most notably in the review posted on the Roger Ebert re- website, which Curtis gave it four stars, which is the highest ranking mm. that the uh, website offered. Um, and a big uh, point of that review is that this film holds you at a distance. Um, there's several framing techniques that make the events of the movie seem far away. So um, one of those things is is actually my second point, so I won't get into it. Uh, but even from the very beginning of this film, we see that it has a conceit that it's actually an episode of a Twilight Zone style tv show Mm -hmm. so at the very beginning of the film you're looking at like an old school tv then you go into the tv in which the events of the film transpire um throughout the whole film uh the roger ebert review makes a point that there are no close-ups um there are a lot of wide pans there are several scenes in which the camera appears to be dragged along the ground and you follow characters or you uh follow sets Uh, for a period of minutes uh, without, you know, you're kind of just moving. You're not really focusing on anything. Um, That is something that for this film worked really well for me to add to the air of mystery about what was going on. I found that it was very visually striking in a lot of places and also made you really become invested in the film because you have to, you have to, start thinking okay like what's going on uh who are these people what's the problem because the film doesn't really give you that you have to work for all of the results of this film um and that's something that really worked for me i thought that even in the slower moments of this film i found um that because of the staging because of the uh pacing of the storyline and and because of um just the way that it was shot i found it very engaging so my first point is actually something that's a little bit related, I think, and that is just how much I enjoyed the world building of this film because of the way it was shot, um, because of the framing technique. You really get a sense of you get you get that 50s feel. You get the feel that you have when you watch a Twilight Zone or even like the Andy Griffith show or something, which I believe is actually in the 60s. But still, um, you really get the feel of something that is, you know, um, of a different era, you know, not only do you have that framing technique where it kind of gives you the black and white zooming out of the, uh, zooming out to the television, but you have a lot of, I mean, the characters really play the part. Well, they say frankly, bizarre things to one another that, uh, you know, the, the slang that they use, the way the town looks, it looks like one of those towns that has like 
you know, one, you know, one stop sign in it, but also everybody knows each other. You know, there's this, you know, there's a big high school basketball game that everybody's going to. So a lot of this, this world building not only makes you feel as though, you know, you're in a different place in a different time, but I also really appreciated like the fact that you felt like you were in New Mexico. I'm never been to New Mexico personally, but you know, when you think of a place like New Mexico, you think of desert, but you also think of like Area 51. You think of like creepy things mm. or, or Roswell. You think of creepy things are happening there. And I just thought that this film really worked to sell kind of the world that this is inhabits. You know, this Twilight Zone, 1950s, you know, kind of just, uh, I don't know. It's like comfort food to me. You know, I are both huge fans of Twilight Zone. And that's just, this film really just knocked that aspect um, out of the park, I thought. I agree. Um, that actually is my uh, second point, which is that I think you and I both, but maybe particularly me, we love period pieces. Uh, my favorite horror movie of all time is a period piece. I love films from the 50s and I love films set in the 50s. Um, there's several uh, parts of this film that I think do a good job of relying on the setting being in the 50s without succumbing to nostalgia, which I know uh, uh, was a criticism levied against a lot of the um, 80s nostalgia pieces that were really popular a a few years ago. But I do have to say, um, and I think we touched upon this a little bit during our summer of 84 discussion in our top uh, 10 of 2018 episode, but there were parts of this film where it's like, okay, well, this wouldn't, work if it wasn't set in the 50s so there were a few parts of the film where I felt like I wish that it had stood on its own instead of being like well you know in the 50s you couldn't just text someone or something like that Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well but it feels like a film that could only be set in the 50s and okay well so sorry folks we just had to cut something i accidentally spoiled something on our spoiler free episode (laughs) um but uh what i wanted to say is that um there have been a lot of films that have been coming out recently i feel like we've been getting a lot of period pieces especially from the 80s but there have been a lot set in the 50s um you know and i'm starting to wonder if the stories that these movies are telling like when will we be setting them in the modern age? And I I am starting to get a little bit of a hankering for that. Like, where is our gang of kids a la it, but set in the 2010s, you know? So I see what you're saying. That that aspect of the film did take me out a few times, especially at the very beginning when they're just like walking and talking and saying all this slang. For me personally, that was a little off-putting because for the first ten minutes, I was like, I have no clue what's going on. It's you a know? little annoying. It was a little annoying, to yeah. be honest. So, um, but besides, I mean, I would say eighty percent of the film it worked for me. Twenty percent of the film it, it didn't. So, I I will say another. I did, you know, setting a film in the fifties. It mostly worked for me, but setting a film in the fifties can especially get you into kind of some hairy territory because, like, a lot of things that are set in the 50s represent it as like very pastoral very like perfect american life and kind of ignoring the fact that black uh black people and brown people were being brutalized throughout the country i thought the way that this film didn't i i thought the way i'll just put it this way it's not as if it handled race but the fact that they didn't ignore race there's a major character in the film that is black and his struggles aren't just 
papered over and I thought mm-hmm. his blackness was used I mean you know I'm a white guy what who am I to say this but I thought it was the experiences that a black person would have experienced in this time was used in mm-hmm. a like respectful way mm-hmm. in this film and it wasn't just like a throwaway thing that he's black and oh we're gonna treat him nice he's black even though it's the 50s like yeah. it, they used it in a meaningful way which I thought was really cool and I overall I thought they used this is just to say a broader point. I thought they used the 50s setting. It was only annoying a few times, and it was mostly, like, I thought really yeah. well handled. Me as well. Um, my second point was the unique storytelling in this film. Now, when I read the description of this film, of the fact that a lot of people saying this was kind of like a radio play, and a lot of people in the letterbox reviews, frankly, saying this film bored them. I was a little worried because I am not of the era of the radio play. And there are some Twilight Zone episodes that are just straight up boring because, you know, that's just entertainment was different back then. However, there are two major parts of this film where you have like a radio play type um, exposition, I guess I'll say. And I thought those were really, really effective for me. I was shocked that I found them effective. I was like imagining in my brain, like the same way you when you read a book you know, sometimes what you can imagine in your brain is more powerful than if they could show it on the screen. And I definitely was feeling that way, especially with Mm. the first story, Mm -hmm. uh, the one that's told on the radio. Um, And I just thought that was, you don't see that in films now. Like you don't see these, you I don't know if you could get away with a film like this in theaters, for example, because we actually were just discussing in our last episode or the episode, this is releasing on a Monday, the episode that will be released on Wednesday about how we love you know, we don't get caught up if a film story is bad because film is like a visual medium. But this film relied heavily on its story. And I still thought it was like super interesting for that. And um, we just like everything, folks. We like it yeah. if it's very visual and we like it. But it's I very guess I cool. just like I guess I just like movies, you know, just <laughs> period. Uh, weird, I know. Um, but um, I don't know. Was that a f- I, I was curious if that was effective for you or not. Because I, I was surprised it was for me. I agree. The very first one, I was totally engrossed. Um, but also to say, I, I'm someone who does enjoy radio dramas. Of course, in my um, case, it would be podcasts. But I've listened to podcasts, uh, like fictional stories, and I really enjoy that. Um, the second one, um, I have read reviews that it lasted for... 10 minutes and although I did start to feel a little draggy towards the end I couldn't believe it when I found it was like 10 minutes I was like 10 minutes I thought it was five minutes you know it so I agree I think that this film does something really clever in that it is about it is basically about a radio drama it's about something that goes down over the radio for the most part and it also presents it to you as a radio drama but it's really like this film has everything because you would think, oh, well, if it's a radio drama and there's not much to see, then then that's that. But the parts of the film that are visual are so strikingly visual yeah. that it's like it's really a little bit of everything. And for me personally, I did think that the movie dragged in parts, um, but that's not a major criticism for me. Uh, you know, if I'm bored for five minutes of an hour and a half movie, I'm still like, that's a really good movie. So, yeah, of course. Um yeah. 
Well, my third thing is um, a spoiler, so I won't discuss it in detail, uh, and it'll be pretty quick, but there is a scene in this movie, Curtis, hopefully you know what I'm talking about, where four characters, including our two main characters, um, are in a car, and it's towards the end of the film, yeah, and yeah, I know you're do you know about. what I'm talking about? Yeah. So this is a sci-fi movie. I would say it has horror elements, um, and I think the biggest horror element of this film maybe the second biggest horror element of this film it takes place uh during that car scene um i legitimately had the kind of scare that like i could like feel it coming up my chest it really freaked me out it's probably one of the most effective scares outside of invisible man that i've seen um in a movie this year so for Mm -hmm. that scene alone i think that this movie is worth watching that scene was dope and it it had like the mixture of like a slowly creeping scare mixed with like what the fuck is going on type of scare right um two of my favorite kinds of scares so i really (laughs) appreciate that as well i also want to give kudos to the final like five minutes of this film Mm. i thought that was really effective i you know i got like goosebumps watching the final five minutes of this film um so finally a film that has actually a good ending uh that's nice um i just wanted to give my third point just to say that I this film is not for everyone, and I'm almost of the mind that this might be the most divisive horror or horror-adjacent film of the year because as I was watching this film, I found myself surprised by how much I enjoyed it and how engrossed I was. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself wondering afterwards, who would I recommend this to? You mm-hmm. know, like, it's really one of those things where you kind of have to... It's With most horror films, I just recommend it to every horror fan that I know. You know, like, when I saw... Uh, Invisible Man. I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a film that every horror fan will probably enjoy. So I don't, I feel unreserved in recommending it. This one, I would like have to think about it a little bit. And you know, there'll be some people that listen to this review and you know, be encouraged to watch it and then be like, what the fuck are they talking about? This is boring as fuck. And that's mm-hmm. going to be the complaint that it's boring. Um, it was not boring to me. Uh, I am someone that goes into films all the time just wanting to like them, so I'll find ways to like them if I can. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So that's probably why. But I will say it's not for everyone. If what we've described sounds like boring and that you wouldn't like it, it's probably boring and you won't like it. Um, I will say it's free on Amazon, uh, so you can at least give it a shot. And if you don't like it after 30 minutes, then you won't like it, period, I can say Mm. comfortably. Mm -hmm. Um, there, Like we said, there are two scenes at the end that are really great. But if you're not into if you're not into the film after Billy calls, then you probably won't be into it. Uh, I agree. Overall. I think that's a good assessment of the film. Yeah. So, um, Taylor, uh, how many bags of popcorn would you give this one? Uh, would you say recommend? Uh, Are we really introducing a, five a new rating bagger? system two years into the podcast? <laughs> I think it's a five bagger, uh, <laughs> easy. But uh, yeah, so I, I would definitely say I would definitely recommend this film with kind of the res- like the qualifications I gave at the end. I would too. Um, I am just now getting into sci-fi, not to brag, but I am reading Dune. Um, Dune. Dune. And I, but I have read in reviews that fans of like the philosophical um, and like deep meaning aspects of sci-fi will find this film particularly meaningful. Um, I watched it with Justin and he loves sci-fi and he was he liked it. You know, it wasn't like, I don't think it was nearly as in your face as both of us were expecting. Uh, but it's a really well-made film from a first time filmmaker. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have any 
technical complaints. I don't have any acting complaints. I don't have any directing complaints. You have a few um, uh, slang complaints about the slang. I have slang a few slang complaints, and I have a few 50s complaints. But mm-hmm. um, on the whole, I, I would recommend this film, um, but probably with about the same copy. How many bags? What is the total number of bags we can give? <laughs> it's a five bag system. It's a five bag system. I'll give it four and a half bags. <laughs> okay. And then if well, you half eat half a bag. If you eat like up to the fifth bag, you'll you'll like get the shits. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? Well, yeah. and who eats five bags of popcorn, honestly? I mean, depends on what I was up to before the movie starts, if you know what I mean. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just had a long run, you have eaten dinner. It's uh, definitely yeah, that's exactly bagger. what I was saying. <laughs> Well, anyway, folks, that is our review of The Vast of Night. Um, very happy to have been able to catch this film. And if you're curious about it, check it out. Um, Taylor? That's all I got. Um, you can find us Instagram, A-H-H That's, Real thank Films. You. Thank Twitter, A-H-H-R-E-E-L Films. And give us an email, A-H-H realfilms at gmail.com we are still taking recommendations for movies for our listener submitted episodes so please uh shoot us an email thanks for wrapping that up taylor because my brain just blanked on what we need to do what do we do at the end of these episodes <laughs> you, uh, do, you like totally forgot that we did um uh new release review episodes you just were like what's happening i don't know what this podcast <laughs> yeah, is I, like. Look, and it's then been a you long very week. confident you very confidently stated that you could host this podcast when I asked, and then when it started, you were just like, "Beep." <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that anyway, <laughs> folks. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good night. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah.